This episode of Traveler's Log contains some strong language, the casual consumption of prescription medications, and graphic depictions of violence against spaceships. everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Traveler's Log podcast. This is taking place in a homebrew setting uh, in Mongo's Traveler 2nd Edition. Uh, a ragtag bunch of adventurers are out off finding fame and fortune. Uh, speaking of whom, let's introduce these ragtag adventurers, starting with my friend Connor. Hi, my name's Connor, and I have the pleasure of playing Lance Petty today, pilot extraordinaire, also a recent captain. Jeremy. Hey, everybody. My name's Jeremy. I play Lloyd Ackerman, basically an ex-spy slash assassin for the government who's discovered some interesting government secrets and has decided to go his own way at this point. Uh, we also have John. Hi, I'm John. I play Spoth Bogler, psychic lawyer, doctor detective extraordinaire, uh, who currently finds himself on the run with Lloyd Ackerman from uh, an assassin. Yeah, he has had a long and storied career, that man. <laughs> and then last and most certainly not least, we have Clark. All right. I will be playing Santiago Alejandro de Laral, a former Bolivian mechanic who struck some somewhat shady deals in the past with shady individuals. And uh, things were going quite well until they weren't. And that's where we find ourselves. When you say former Bolivian mechanic, is he formerly Bolivian or formerly a mechanic? Yes. <laughs> All right. He's renounced his Bolivian citizenship. He's a man of the stars. Yes, and I am Jacob. Uh, I will be your referee this evening. We'll see how long I continue to use the term referee, because even though that's the official term, I don't know how much I like it, but we will run with it. Right, so we start off here. Uh, this is a homebrew setting. Uh, we are not going to be playing in the Third Imperium, which I know may disappoint some of you, but I didn't quite think I could do it justice, and I'm an overachiever, so I had to do everything myself. With that said, space. Some people don't quite understand the scale of how big space is. There are billions of stars just in our galaxy. One of those stars, just floating out in the Milky Way galaxy. It is just known as Freya, uh, named after one of the worlds which orbits it. That world, it's a small jungle world which was colonized about 150 years ago. It has since fallen into a great deal of misfortune, and pirates basically run most of it at this point in time. Continuing a little further away from the sun, there are just a couple of small, rocky, barren planets that no one cares about, an asteroid belt. There is also a gas giant. There's a bunch of fuel stations around there that help collect fuel, serve as essentially a glorified truck stop for any of the ships that happen to pass through there. A couple other small planets as you go further and further out away from this star. Towards the very edge of the system, there is a large, about four kilometers in diameter, what is known as a ring gate. Back in a previous era, this served as a portal to other stars. It harnessed the power to be able to bend space-time and create gateways to allow people to travel through the stars. No one knows who built them, some long-since extinct civilization. Unfortunately, about a hundred years ago, there was a war Ever since that war, one of the ring gates was destroyed. Ever since then, all of them have ceased functioning. At this point in time, the ring gate stands quiet and abandoned, nothing more than a relic to two long-since 
bygone eras of history. About the same distance out, but on the other side of this star, is, for now, empty space. But if you're able to look closely, you can kind of see the space warping a little bit. Stars in the background shifting. Eventually, a hole opens in space-time. It gets bigger and bigger, until it's big enough to let a ship pass through, and a ship falls through from extra dimensions back into 3D space. This is a 350-ton freighter known as the Iron Eagle. Uh, it has just completed a one-week jump from a star system a couple parsecs over. Uh, it will be making a stop at the planet Freya to trade some goods and refuel before it continues on the second leg of its journey. It's been making runs up and down chartered space for about a decade now. Is it transporting cargo? What is aboard the Iron Eagle? Do we know? Yeah, so right now the Iron Eagle is carrying about 40 tons of portable foodstuffs and about 10 tons of machines and other repair type equipment. In addition to its six crew members, uh, it is carrying seven passengers. So 13 people in total. It's us. As we go inside the ship, we see its captain sitting at the helm uh, by the name of Matthias LaRoche. He's alerted that... Yes, we are back in 3D space. Excellent. Let's see if we can get the show on the road. We need to hurry up to Freya before before we spend too much time out here. Aye, sir. Captain sits up, starts walking down the hallway, ends up leaving the bridge. He walks to a nearby PA terminal, speaks into it and says, Ladies and gentlemen, we have just exited jump space. We're about six hours out from landing on Freya. As a reminder, this is a dangerous system, uh, so we will not be staying for too long. There's not a whole lot to do here anyway. We'll be refueling, we'll allow you a chance to stretch your legs, but we will be departing probably about 12 hours after we land. Sorry we won't be able to be staying for too long, it's just we got a time schedule here and uh, we all know how dangerous it is. We alerted that at the beginning, but thank you, we'll see you in a bit. So hold on, is Freya the name of the star or is it one of these refueling stations? Uh, both. So the primary world was first called Freya, the star itself had kind of the one of those long uh, number letter type designations. Mm. It eventually came to be known as Freya after the main world. Okay, so Freya is the main world, but also is referred to the star as well. Correct. And is there like an actual station or, you know, plant of some type on the home world of Freya? Uh, so originally, back when it was a more successful colony, they were going to build a high port orbiting the world uh, just to make commerce a little easier. Once the ring gates fell, they were not able to complete that in time, so it does not. Uh, it has, say, Class D starport, so not quite just a cleared-off patch of bedrock that you land on, uh, but not a whole heck of a lot more than that. It's basically just kind of a glorified helipad where you can land and refuel, uh, and that's just what you end up having to use. Captain LaRoche ends up doing a quick walkthrough of the ship. He ends up passing by the lounge where we have most of the passengers sitting for now. We have probably the most important passenger on this ship. Yeah, so this man stands at a very towering five foot six inches, but his uh, demeanor seems to make him stand a bit taller than that. He's got a perfectly coiffed pompadour, salt and pepper hair. It absolutely has not been dyed. That is totally 100% natural. He is well built. He carries himself well. Uh, he's decorated very proudly with naval captain medals on him. Captain kind of nods to him. All right, Captain Petty, what do you think? How was the jump? Oh, Captain. 
great job. It got a little bumpy in the middle, but don't worry. If you need any tips next time, just let me know. I would love to give any tips I can to, you know, now that I'm retired and I'm re- ready to give back to the next class of pilots. But, you, you know, for, for our first couple of jumps, you know, you did good. You did good. Uh, uh, <laughs> where's the stewardess? I would like to top off my drink, you know, kind of finish it off a couple times so I, I could use another fill up if, uh, if that's possible. Oh, I'm right here, honey. And the oh, uh, stewardess. Thanks, uh, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, her name is Sophia. Uh, she runs over. She's basically dressed to the nines uh, in rather comfortable, bright clothes. You know, this is just her style. You've gotten to know each other in the one week of the jump. Yeah, she runs over uh, carrying a bottle of what was it you were drinking? Was it? Oh, it's the finest scotch, you know? The uh, whatever. <laughs> I thought it would be scotch. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah you, you seem like. Yeah. We can now safely age up to 100 years, so it's a 100-year-age scotch, you know? Got to keep the palate refined, and you got to put it through some trials. We were going to reserve this for dinner, but, you know, I suppose it'll work, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pours you yet another drink, but tosses it over. Not toss it, yeah. She throws, yeah, she pours it carefully and then throws it at you, you know? Oh, thank you so much, Sophia. Ah, you're, you're a doll. Anytime, darling. She winks at you. Kind of gives a bit of a glance to the captain, like, Please, can we get this man off? <laughs> yeah. Captain kind of shrugged. Yeah, Captain, quick question. Is there any way we can get off this planet quicker than 12 hours? I mean, I don't really want to waste my time too much on this planet. I, I just got a tight schedule to keep, you know? I understand, sir. Yeah, we all have schedules to keep. But uh, now we got a refueling will take a few hours, and then we do have some goods that we were planning on dropping off. But I assure you, we will be doing this as quickly as possible so that we can continue on our journey. I appreciate the appreciate the ear that you lend. Thank you so much. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Oh, and he kind of pats his uh, slightly plump chest before walking off. Kind of seems like he's, oh, I couldn't get out of there fast enough, you know. And then over in the corner, uh, we do see another passenger who is sitting at a table, black hair, about 5'11", uh, a little bit of gray in his hair, has a, sc- a scar running up through kind of his left eye. Yeah, what is, what is Lloyd doing at the moment, sitting in the lounge, possibly by himself? Unless he's not. Lloyd, um, he might be sitting with um, our friend here, if I can think of his name. Spoth. Yes, our friend Spoth. But probably sitting there just quietly, just kind of watching the other passengers. Probably not speaking. All right. Just keeping watch. You and Spoth doing anything in particular? I think Spoth's looking over his shoulder a lot. All right. Yeah, we got our two sketchy characters. Uh, Spoth, uh, is he dressed in a suit? He's in a suit. Kind of a worn out suit. He is in a suit. All right. It's a dark green olive suit. Uh, Just wears it wonderfully, you know. He's uh, been through a travel or two. Clothes are a little bit scuffed up, especially the shoes. If you look closely, you can kind of notice the cybernetic eye that he has, probably watching the other passengers with. But yeah, it's all right. So you two are just kind of sitting in the back corner being suspicious together, not talking to anyone together. Yep. Me and Lloyd, <laughs> 10 feet apart because we're not gay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's space. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a progressive accepting society out here with our fully automated luxury gay space communism. So, yeah. All right. The captain ends up turning, leaving, uh, ends up walking down a tight corridor down to the engine room. Uh, and he goes out. Uh, he ends up running into his head mechanic by the name of Lydia. Uh, she's just a contract. She's going to be dropped off as soon as we complete the second leg of the journey. She's currently training 
uh, a man by the name of Yeon Minjoon, who will replace her as the more permanent engineer, check in and chat a little bit, and I just check in on, yep, everything seems fine. You know, we managed to make the jump well, so there's that. We're still in good shape. Excellent, yeah. Turns around as he's going to head back out, and he sees kind of over in the corner watching everything is this um, rather short man, you know, rather short being 5'8". Um, Very short. Yes, it's, it's so incredibly <laughs> short. Uh, not at all exactly my height. It's, you know, just, just out there, not, not particularly tall. Uh, yeah, he's got a very bushy mustache and eyebrows, uh, under which he's probably watching everything in the engine room quite carefully. Uh, a bit of a pot belly to rival the captain's, also salt and pepper hair, because that absolutely is the fashion among the middle-aged here. The, the, the captain, he, he gets along with the captain pretty well, I would imagine. They have similar personalities, even though the captain does think it's a slightly obnoxious that he's constantly in his engine room, but, you know, claims to know what he's doing, at least from what he was saying. So. Gives a bit of a nod. Uh, hey, Santiago, everything look good from here? Uh, yes, Captain. Everything seems to be going well so far. Uh, this, this damn Geiger counter, it's acting up again and giving me some strange readings. But uh, again, I'm sure it's just with the, the sensor, not the actual ship. But uh, uh, yes, Captain, everything seems to be going well. All right. Well, I'll be looking forward to uh, swapping some stories over dinner. You know, like I promised, I'll be. Oh yes, I've I've I have some whoppers to tell you tonight. I'm sure you will. Yeah, we can, we might actually be able to do it in a real bar this time. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what Freya has. I think their town has something. So, oh, thank goodness. And no offense against your stock on board, but let's just say I'm excited to try anything else. And when <laughs> I say anything, I mean anything. Port day is always a good day. So I'm I'm sure they can find you something even out here. All right, very nicely. Captain kind of turns back, heads back up the bridge. Everything seems totally fine. Anything else anybody has been up to? What, what has everybody been up to during this last week in jump space? So at least for Santiago Alejandro de la Ral, um, a lot of stalking around the ship, checking things that have already been checked, making sure that things are operating the way they're supposed to operate. Um, he has been somewhat social. With a few of the passengers, not a ton. In fact, he has a one of those old like CD player Walkmans. I, I don't even know what you call it, um, but you know where it's just like the the disc holder player, and he's got like the plug-in old retro earphones. You have to plug in via a wire, and you know it's it's not rare to enter some corner of the ship or some engine room. And he's just, you know, looking at some piece of machinery and listening to some music on his retro device. Really don't understand why I use that thing. You know, exposed wires, you know, it's just so industrial. You know, everything should be wireless now. But, you know. Well, Lance Petty, during this last little bit, he has uh, he's noticed that the, the crew and all the other people here just really don't really pique his interest. So he's made sure that as he's getting ready for the release of his new TV show, Captain's Log, that he is ready both physically, mentally, and, you know, spiritually. You know, he wants to 
imbue his wisdom on all those below him, you know? Oh, sorry. All those that haven't gotten to his status yet. Right. So, right, right. Uh, but, you know, he's he's made sure to he let the captain know that he has to keep on top of his physical re- uh, regimen. You know, he has to run five miles a day, do plenty of push-ups and sit-ups. So he's constantly running around the ship, getting in people's ways, but he doesn't see it that way. He's just making sure he is ready. And yeah, and then he's constantly talking in the mirror to himself, practicing lines and all this other stuff for his unscripted reality show. Got it. Yeah. Um, I will have to point out just for the audience, I, this is absolutely one of the most fantastic things I've ever seen in character creation. Uh, so Lance Petty, during character creation, which we will re- uh, release one of these days, we may have it out already. I don't know. It depends on re- a release schedule. Uh, as a Patreon bonus, you'll get to listen to all of this unfold in session zero. But uh, <laughs> Captain Lance Petty, through a combination of high rolls uh, and a really amazing run on the benefits table uh, after he retired from his career in the Navy ended up with a 17 social. Normally, you know, since this is a 2d6 game, uh, you know, a 12 is pretty extraordinarily high. So the fact that he's at a 17, basically a Kardashian, you know, every world or galaxy wide celebrity, that sort of a thing. The captain both loves and hates this loves it because it is, you know, a little extra, of a reputation boost to have carried someone so prominent, but also uh, there's a level of don't get close to your heroes or you'll find out how obnoxiously Jake Paul like they are. <laughs> so, you know, he has mixed feelings about it, but uh, yeah, it'll work out. I just, I don't, that was extraordinary to me. So everyone knows who Captain Lance Petty is. Of course it would be extraordinary to you. You know, it's just a day in the life for Lance Petty though. So right. Right. After a couple of hours, because you have to exit jump space kind of far away from the star, you don't, you're not able to just like exit you know, right there at the planet. You have to travel for a few more hours. Uh, three hours in, well on your way to being able to make the approach into Freya, there is a very important light that goes off on the dashboard in the bridge. Uh, the helmsman, his name is VJ, he's the astrogator. He ends up looking down. Captain, we got something. The captain uh, looks over. Uh, what is it this time? Yeah, I think we got. I think we got pirates. We got someone a little bit. Uh, well, I don't know. We got some. They don't have their transponders on. Uh, all right. Well, let's see if we can hurry this up. They're, yeah, they're far enough out. They shouldn't cause us too much trouble. How many are there? Um, it's a little hard to tell. Three, maybe four. I don't think they're moving towards us right now. So we'll just leave them alone. Yeah, that's a good plan. We'll just leave them alone. Hopefully they don't bother us. It does seem like quite a bit, though. We'll keep an eye on them. Aye, sir. Continue out for a little bit. Freya does have two moons. Um, And as we are approaching, uh, probably about an hour before landing, all of a sudden, more ships are appearing on the scopes here. Some that were hiding behind the moon, which is a rather unusual tactic. Usually you hide behind an asteroid just because moons are a little harder to, to escape from sometimes. Wait, Captain, we got more. We got five of them this time. Five? What are they? <laughs> There's only one of us. What do, they, what do they want? I don't know. The pilot pipes up, and she says, Captain, they're, they're hailing us. <sighs> what do they want? I'll connect you in. 
but we're not going to find out what's happening because none of y'all are actually in the bridge. A couple of minutes later, we're back in the back in the lounge, and all of a sudden, the ship rocks and there's an explosion, and some klaxons end up sounding in the in the in the lounge, indicating that the ship has been hit. Uh, the steward, who's sitting around at the bar chatting with the passengers, uh, Sophia, she runs over. You know, heard. Rather uh, friendly, cheerful, sociable face ends up immediately getting wiped from her face. She runs over to the compad behind the bar. Says, Captain, what was going on? What the hell was that? We've been hit. They're pirates. They just, we tried to talk them down, but they're after it. We're going to have to see if we can land before they shoot us down. <sighs> All right, fine. I'll, I'll see if I can get the passengers strapped up. Thank you, Sophia. She, she turns over to let's see who would be in the who would be in the lounge. Is everybody still kind of hanging out in the in the lounge? I think I would still be in the lounge. I am not in the lounge. We're not in the lounge. Um, yeah. So she turns over, looks to see if anybody was listening in on the conversation. Uh, she says, uh, "I'm I'm really sorry, everybody. Um, it looks like we're running into a little bit of trouble just uh, in the approach. Uh, if we can have everybody go back to their quarters and strap down, uh, just for your own safety, that would be very much appreciated." Uh, the, the lounge is closed. Sorry, we're going to have to have you leave. Uh, Sophia, do you guys need a more experienced pilot? Like, could I be of any assistance? I not at the moment. Uh, we're at the moment. We are most concerned for your safety. So, if you could, if you could follow me, Captain, sir. Uh, okay. Uh, just know that if you need, uh, you know, someone of my stature, just let me know. You, you, we have. We received the offer the first uh, 41 times that you made it. It's yes, we are. We will consider it should we ever need it. It is noted. Just kind of trying to shoo you out a little bit here. Then goes back over the comm and says, uh, I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, we're just for your own safety. We're going to have to have you all strap in. Uh, it seems to be a little bit of a uh, uh, turbulent landing. We will. Everything should be OK. But you can tell there's a little bit of worry in your voice. Hey, Jacob, you referenced that there was an explosion. Would that have just been against like energy shields that the ship has, or was that actual physical damage to the ship itself? That was actual physical damage. If you wanted to check out and see what it was, uh, there, these kinds of things are usually locked out to passengers. But if you wanted, you can make a mechanic roll and see if you could figure out what that was, because you definitely did hear an explosion. You've felt well, well, you know, my character. I'm not going down that easily. Um, I definitely am going to be cautious. Like, if there is ex- risk of exposure to open space, I would definitely try to track down a vac suit first. Uh, but I'll go ahead and make a mechanics roll and see, you know, if I can at least figure out what may have happened. Yeah. So we'll do a mechanic and then probably add either, what would it be, either intellect or education. Perfect. And do I get to choose? Yes. Uh, I will say education will probably be a bit easier, though. Yeah, education is the way I would want to go. That's where my better benefit is. So I'm going to roll 2d6. All right. I got a six and then plus two. That is eight. Eight. All right. And that's including your education bonus? That's including my plus two from education. Okay. All right. Now, what you might think, uh, it, it obviously wasn't too bad just because, you know, there, there aren't, I mean, there, there's still kind of that general alert going on that like, oh, hey, something's been hit. There's kind of a, a, a general, everybody be careful, strap in, keep your seatbelts fastened, don't leave even to use the bathroom type signs. The explosion itself, though, it clearly wasn't major because you are still flying. You think maybe there is something up with an engine, though, because it does definitely feel a little bit wobbly, a little bit less stable. So that's probably what it was. I don't know. It's, 
maybe they used unrefined fuel and now it's, you know, it's choking on, or maybe it's the weird atmosphere as we're entering in. It's having a hard time. Uh, either way, you're pretty sure one of the engines is not doing so hot and they've probably since turned it off. Ah, damn it. I told LaRoche he, he shouldn't have cheaped out at that last stop. Anyway, so I, I grab uh, my tool bag because there's always tools that I have around uh, and completely ignoring the uh, strong suggestion to buckle up. I do not buckle up mm. as I, you know, stand up, grab my bag and start kind of shuffling down towards where the engines would be trying to figure out what's going on and what I can do to keep the ship afloat. So you head down to the engine room. Is anybody else doing anything else? Uh, are we everybody strapped in or would Lloyd? No, I mean. Would I be, is there some role that I can make to see if it's like, I would recognize that this came from gunfire as opposed to like, just like the random bumps in like space travel? I guess it depends on what uh, skills you have. You could do naval tactics, uh, gunner. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Um, no. Let's see. Investigate, maybe? Yeah, we, you could do investigate if you want. It kind of leads you to be like, okay, what's actually going on uh, as opposed to like, yeah, less what's going on with the ship and more like what's going on with the situation in general. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to do. I'm not like trained in the mechanic side of things. So yeah. I just want to be able to recognize that this is probably like enemy fire as opposed to just normal bumps of space travel. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and make an uh, yeah, investigate uh, with intellect. All right. With intellect, that would be 11 for me. I rolled an eight and then I get plus three, one from intellect and two from, I mean, two from intellect and one from investigate. All right. 11. That is a great roll. Yeah. This is, this is not turbulence. Uh, this is not, uh, it could be mechanical failure, but honestly, no, it's, there is something very wrong. You, you've seen it in like the crew's faces. They know something is up. You do know that this system is kind of a hot spot for pirates. That's probably what it is, and they're just trying to keep everybody calm, would be your best guess. You do find it unusual that you've been fired upon already. Usually, uh, especially with an unarmed ship like this, they'll usually just try to negotiate, because the pirates don't want to like just blow up random ships. They usually want to, okay, let's come aboard and just steal all your stuff and then let you go. So it's weird that they fired without, especially a ship like this, either the ship is running or the pirates just never gave them a chance. Either way highly unusual you don't really know what's going on all right well i will probably head to go strap myself in regardless but as i'm like walking down to my room with uh spoth i'm gonna turn to him and just be like that's not turbulence something's wrong you think he found us already i don't know maybe hopefully not if it's just pirates we can handle this but if it's him be ready for anything all right it's in the hands of the captain now all right, so it's a, it's a really stressful 15 minutes that probably feels more like 15 hours. Everybody's strapped in except for Santiago because he's going out and checking out the engine room. He does end up arriving in the engine room. It is locked. Uh, usually, sometimes with times like this, they definitely want to make sure that uh, either in the event of boarding or just keeping civilians out of the way, they usually like to keep those things kind of locked away. So you do come up to the engine room, find the doors locked. All right, via my neural communication implant, I am going to try to contact the bridge, specifically Captain LaRoche. All right. Personally reach out to him. Ends up ringing for a couple of minutes. Mm. Or not a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds. Yeah. This is a very long ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up answering and he says, not right now. We're, we're kind of busy. Please get yourself strapped in. We, we, we Damn it, LaRoche. Something is broken down here. I, I need to be of assistance. Open up your bloody engine room. Let me in. Hey, we, we have everything handled. We have a very capable 
set of uh, mechanics out there, please go get strapped in for your own safety. You are a passenger right now. We need to protect you. You are the top priority. Go get strapped in. Bah, this is ridiculous. I wash my hands of this. As And with that, I take my tool bag after banging on the engine room door a couple more times, kind of muttering, swearing under my breath, kind of mumbling. Um, I don't go back to the normal lounge. I just find kind of a nearby seat or bench of some kind somewhere where like a, an employee or a worker could strap in yeah and i just strap in down in the engine room but i'm still looking at the engine room door in case it opens up yeah there are definitely like emergency crash couches that like fold in yeah. from the wall yep. so yeah uh-huh. you just strap yourself in there and your tools so I'm just down there by myself yeah and with your, my tools yeah your tools uh are they secured at all well i mean i have them in a bag do you have the bag secured at all no I don't need that. I'm just, I, I mean, like I'm holding it with both arms. Um, one other thing I should point out, I do have uh, two nose nostril plugs that act as a respirator slash filter. Um, and having heard some of the distress in LaRoche's voice, I do put in my two respirator filter nostril plugs. All right. But then I'm just both arms kind of grouchy mumbling. I'm still just holding my big tool bag big leather tool bag you totally ignore the oxygen mask that popped up from the ceiling that is built into this crash couch and just use your own stuff yeah all right (laughs) all right my stuff is better than anything aboard this ship (laughs) well you gotta use what you can trust exactly (laughs) all right well a few minutes later uh it is it is definitely getting rough uh they are uh, they're making their approach quite quickly uh normally you kind of descend gradually you know to prevent like heat friction and everything else it's normally like this nice slow descent but no they're they're coming in pretty hot here Uh, there are definitely a lot of bumps after a few minutes there is another much larger explosion and all of a sudden the ship feels like it dives down there are very few windows uh the 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 only windows that there that there are are in the lounge in the back which is now closed and on the bridge up front uh so it's pretty much impossible to tell what's going on uh the klaxon which had just briefly sounded before it is definitely coming back uh there are red lights flashing around on the ceiling. Uh, there is a computerized voice uh, that says, uh, engines one and three are disabled. Disabled? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing in there? Wait, so did everyone hear that, or is that just for people in important places? It was in the hallway. Yeah, Santiago would have heard it. Uh, if you were strapped in your room, you probably would not have heard that. Oh, You're okay. just sitting there okay. waiting for things to happen. Uh, after a few more minutes, yeah, it's it's pretty tough. Captain does come up on the comm and he says, all right, well, uh, looks like this is going to be a bit rougher landing than we anticipated. Uh, some of the engines have gone out, so just please, absolutely, everybody, be strapped in and brace yourselves. And it begins a countdown to, to crash landing. I like to think during this time that Lance thought saw this as an opportunity to start, you know, doing some recording of, like, giving people a little taste of the travels along the way but as it got yes! more intense he's like oh man the, the life of a of a naval officer just never gets boring and then as it starts to crash like, oh, oh my gosh um uh yes uh we we got yeah the cat the crew is staying strong here and so am i and then as it gets to that announcement he's like oh my gosh oh my gosh i don't know if i'll make it if anyone finds this just just know um uh uh Stay cool. Ah. <laughs> all right. Uh, after a while, yes, there is a captain does come uh, come on the comms. He says, all right, yes, we, we're crashing down now. Come on, Theo, please let us survive. 
as the computer voice kind of drowns him out. Brace for impact. Five, four, three, two, one. It takes, everybody is dazed for a little bit. Spoth Bogler is kind of the first to come to his senses. You were just in your room, right? Were you were you in a, a double state room with Lloyd then? Is that what the deal was? I think so. I'm either in like, you know, like a Harry Potter under the staircase situation or I'm working yeah. with Lloyd. Yeah, so usually it's kind of a double bunk situation. Cool, but uh, okay. luckily y'all are friends, so you don't mind. Um, cheapest way to travel. Yeah, you look up there. Any loose items that you had, you know, sitting on tables, sitting on the bed, whatever else, you know, they're all scattered around everywhere. The room itself seems kind of fine. There's, yeah, everything's definitely ruffled, but yeah, you were on your crash couch. Everything was fine. You think you're okay? Yeah, no, I think the only things I have are kind of in my pockets at this point. Nothing's moving anymore. What do you do? Uh, I think I'm going to check on Lloyd to see, see what his condition is. All right, you look over at Lloyd. He's kind of gr- like in that semi-conscious kind of waking up state as well okay but not responsive at the moment check his pulse see if he's got it see if he's you know leading anywhere looks fine as soon as you uh, get out of the crash couch you realize uh, the ship is stuck at a bit of an angle at probably about a 25 degree angle so it's you just about fall over okay before you kind of get your bearings there <laughs> yeah i without a roll i can tell you that yeah it's he is alive uh, he is breathing kind of semi-conscious hard to tell how injured he is without a without a medic check though okay so if you want to make one of those yeah sure okay uh i'll make a medic check um i get a get a plus two on that got a seven a seven do you usually add like education or something to that as well or uh education or intellect yes that should have been a plus three so eight eight all right yeah so this yeah he's definitely alive probably has a couple broken ribs uh but other than that yeah it seems to be in good condition you just May need just like a, you know, small slap awake, you know, that sort of thing. Just give him a couple minutes to like kind of come to. Sorry, Lloyd. He should be fine. (laughs) Okay. And then I want to, is it, is it at a 25 degree incline so that it's like hard to get to the door? Like, you know, am I at the back of the room and I have to climb up the door? No. So you're, uh, the door would be on one side. So like the bed or the bunk bed, I guess it would be sloped down. So if you were sitting in it, you'd be like closer to standing. Crash couches were against kind of the the front wall, so you were kind of falling down as you got out of the chairs, uh, and then kind of your desk and your like little mini fridge and like mini foldable bathroom type thing is up on the on the down wall. But yeah, no, the wall or the the door with the wall is on your right, so it's, you'll just have to walk sideways. Is all cool. Okay, I'm gonna scramble up to that door and try to open it. Okay, so it does open. Struggles a little bit. There's a little bit of grinding, but it it does open. Nice. Head out into the hallway. I'm going to look out into the hallway, see what I can see. Uh, there are a couple of quarter doors open. So you imagine a couple of people have already left their rooms. You do see one of the other passengers. Uh, this is uh, two of the other passengers. So there were, I said seven passengers. Yeah. So there there were, uh, so this is two of them. This is a husband and wife couple. They're, they're walking out, kind of holding each other's hands. They do have a couple of backpacks on. Uh, they're walking out kind of towards the bridge. They glance over and see you. And the husband, Robert, you got to know him a little bit, kind of turns over, sees you, and he says, what just happened there? Did we, did we just crash? I think we just crashed. <laughs> I, we need to talk to the captain. What is going on? Yeah, you know, go find the captain and then come back and uh, tell me what you can find out. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Okay. So he ends up running off, definitely a little bit shaken up, but they, he has a scratch on the forehead. The 
the wife is kind of holding her arm in a little bit. So you wonder if maybe that's broken or sprained, but you know, it's again, they're walking, so they're okay. Okay. Uh, so the, you can walk down the hallway, right? Sorry. Which, which angle is the hallway pitched at again? Okay. So the way it's pitched, uh, towards the bridge would be down. Okay. I'm going to try and grab Lloyd and start heading the way that Robert went. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely coming too. So you can kind of help get him out if you want. Okay. Lloyd, Lloyd, come on, man. Lloyd, what are you doing? Wake up. I'm slapping uh, to wake you up. Uh, Come on, Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> are, are we are we down? What happened? We crashed. We cra- We fell out of the sky. We got to get out of here. Oh yeah, yeah. If it's him, we gotta we gotta move fast. If it's him, we gotta move very fast. Should we go try to find the captain, or should we get out of here? Uh, maybe maybe we should check in with the captain. Man, my chest hurts a little bit. Yeah, I think you broke your ribs. I think your ribs are broken. Ah uh, shit. You'll be fine. Walk it off. Let's go. <laughs> Walk off a rib breaking. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a certified medical doctor. Yeah, I'm a medical doctor. <laughs> I'm also a lawyer, so you can't you can't dispute that. I don't think that man has ever been in medical school. <laughs> All right, now he has. Believe it or not, he has. Uh, they just teach outdated things, like they still do uh, the mouth to mouth with CPR instead of just doing the chest compressions, like you're supposed to. I found out the other day. So <laughs> this is some outdated things, but you know, it's still definitely a licensed doctor. Uh, you walk down the hallway. You do eventually see kind of a corridor leading off toward, towards where the engine room is. Uh, and you glance down and you do see uh, Santiago unconscious strapped down into an emergency crash couch. Uh, you look back kind of down at the other end of the hallway uh, and you do see his tool bag uh, sitting out kind of downhill. Uh, it did burst open and there are some tools, you know, random wrenches and things kind of scattered all over. Yeah, Santiago is unconscious. Okay, I want to check on Santiago. Uh, do another medic check, I guess. Okay. That is a uh, five. A five. Oh, no, sorry. Six. Six. A six. Still kind of rough. He may need some medical attention, uh, but it's kind of hard to say right now, just in the field uh, without being able to like look at him a little further. He is alive. You can't tell that much. I'm just kidding. He totally died. Our player character without a chance of doing anything is dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, he's, he's in rough shape. The passenger crash couches in your rooms are a bit nicer than these emergency crew ones. So, And he is a little older. So yeah, he probably didn't survive this as well as you did. But yeah, he's he's unconscious. He is breathing. He will probably need a bit of medical attention later, but he is alive. Okay. Um let's see. I mean, I don't I don't think we should leave him here. Could we try to wake him up? Uh you can try. Do you have any like stims on you or No, definitely not. I'm trying to remember what they call the medic pack here. Yeah. I've got a med kit, I believe, on me. Oh, it's a first aid kit. First aid kit is what I have. Yeah. Did that just allow you to heal or was that I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it's, it says that it has stuff for like a splint and some herbs and plants in there. So not that much. Let's see. Oh, mine's a tech level five, though. So it does have uh, clean bandages, safety pins and some basic pharmaceuticals. All right. Yeah. So he's not bleeding. Uh, you will probably have to check him a little bit later just to see if like any bones are broken. Uh, hard to tell when he's kind of dangling in his crash couch at the moment. Uh, but yeah, you do have that ready. That should help. You'll have to get him out of the crash couch. Okay, let's, um, hey, should we move him somewhere? I don't know. So when he's strapped into this couch, is it just like a seatbelt we can unbuckle or is he like roped in and like? It's it's like five point harness. Okay, awesome. And you do know, I will say, yeah, anyone with a medical skill would know that if you don't know whether or not like his neck is broken or spine is broken or anything, it's usually not a good idea to move him. Uh, okay. So, I mean, you could still try you just risk injuring him further. Okay. Well, okay. This is the part of the game where I'm going to try and figure out how to play the game. <laughs> I want to try and use my telepathy ability to send thoughts. Ooh. Okay. 
So help me figure out this role. I've got a 10 in, in Psy, and then I've got Telepathy at level zero. Okay, so you would make a Psy check. Well, what are you trying to do with it first? Like, who, who are you trying to send thoughts to? I'm going to send thoughts to uh, De Laurel, and you're going to try to send just a very strong message to wake up! Wake up, all right. Because the ship crashed, we got to get out of here. Yeah, send thoughts. Okay, so what you would do... Uh, it is a difficult check. So you're just going to try to get into his mind. All right. So what you would do is you would make a side check. You okay. would add your skill, which is zero, and your side bonus, which I believe, is it a plus one at this point? Oh, my side is 10. Okay. So telepathy is at zero, size 10. So it's a roll plus one. Okay. Awesome. Here we go. That is a five, six, seven, eight. That's an eight. Pretty great. All right. Well, this was a difficult, uh, uh, this was a difficult check, uh, 10 or higher. So it's... Dang. You feel like you could reach him. Like it, it, it helps that he's closer, but it's just you, you got a message across. Uh, you don't know if he was able to get it because he is unconscious. Like you can kind of sense his thoughts are very uh, scrambled and broken, like definitely not conscious at all. Does he at least like roll his eyes or like move his head around or anything like that? Nothing? Not that you can see. Dang. Okay. Uh, and then with that, because you used a Sonic ability, uh, a talent, because you failed, it only costs you one side point. Uh, so you will temporarily decrease. You can use kind of that second space on the sheet uh, to mark down that you've lost one point. And then after, th I believe it's three hours of not using any psionic talents, you'll regain points at a rate of one per hour. Okay. Let's kind of note that. Yeah. So you're down to nine temporarily. Okay. Awesome. Uh, about this time, Lance Petty will probably come to in his quarters. Uh, he has, he did not have a double bunk. He paid extra to go into the, one of the high state rooms here. So. Yeah, definitely has a much nicer room. There's a few more decorations. There's a built-in TV on the wall. But yeah, all of the things that he had loose are definitely scattered. So Lance Petty wakes up in his crash couch in his room. Okay. I wake up both the most afraid I've ever been and the most angry I've ever been. Because in the 20 years I've served in the Navy, I've never experienced driving like that ever. So I... <laughs> I will leave one star on this Uber. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I wake up just, you know, that initial realization of what just happened. And so he was really afraid. And then just realizing like, man, they should have just taken my, took my offer. I could have landed us way better than the guy did. I'm furious. So as soon as I can, I'm going to try to gain my legs back and storm off to the manager or the captain. So, <laughs> so yeah, you, you, you uh, fix your hair so that it's in a bob and then you make sure it's dyed blonde, you know, yeah. and then you head off. Yeah. Wait, wait, before, before I head off, though, I'm going to, um, because I'm probably having a panic attack right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go into my locker, grab one of my uh, nervous response dampener drugs, pop it in to kind of cool myself down, and then I'm going to head off to the manager. All right. This is uh, why you shouldn't abuse your prescription medication, kids. Otherwise, you'll become addicted to it. Yeah, we got ourselves a little bit of a druggie here. So you head out. You do notice that the, the camera that had kind of been filming you, it's kind of sort of a drone sort of a deal. Uh, it is sitting in a corner smashed open. Like it was not designed to be a crash against a wall in a, in a ship crash. So I'm going to take that with me. I mean, I need to add as much ammunition to my complaint as possible. <laughs> You think, I mean, it, probably at this point, like the camera, like at least the data is salvageable, but it's, you're not going to be able to use it for a while. So it's, it's, in, yeah. it's kind of in pieces. All right. Yeah. So you grab it, you storm out of there into the hallway. You do find a couple of the uh, other boring passengers that you've found kind of hunched over a third, trying to figure out what to do here. It seems to be unconscious. Do you remember the, what were their names again? People. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Deborah, is that you, Deborah? <laughs> I think it's Deborah and Garrett. Garrett, uh, whatever. I'm gonna go talk to the manager. Don't worry. Sorry, the captain. What are the rest of you doing? You see Lance Petty over there and completely get your names totally wrong. I mean, I think I just saw him storm into the room, pick up a broken camera, and then call somebody Deborah and walk out. <laughs> yeah. Who's Deborah? Is it me or you? I think I'm Deborah. <laughs> You're Deborah. I might oh. be Deborah. It's kind of a reach between Spoth and Deborah. I don't know. Should we follow him? He's gonna go talk to the captain. I think we should just let him do what he's doing. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> if he called you Deborah, if anybody's gonna die, it's gonna be him. <laughs> just saying. <Okay. laughs> uh, so after a couple of minutes, uh, Santiago does start to come to. You're kind of sitting over there, kind of trying to figure out what you're doing with him. Starting to come to uh, Santiago Alejandro del Oral. There is pain everywhere. You're you have probably broken more ribs than Blade has. <laughs> oh, he's coming too. Híjole, esto hecho mierda. Oh, <laughs> and he's speaking some alien language. <laughs> it's Spanish, you dimwit. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what the fuck happened? I think we crashed. No kidding, man. The shit. Okay, well, what now? <clears throat> How you feeling? Oh. We've got some. We've got minor medical supplies. We can try to patch you up. Where's uh? Where are you hurting? Everywhere. But honestly, I mean, I've got. I think I, is there a gash on the back of my head? And I like turn my head, and there's like a pretty good sized gash <laughs> back there with blood. But I did turn my head, meaning my my neck should be okay. Mm. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. But I'm definitely beaten up, bruised. Definitely, you know some. Fracture bones. Well, you're bleeding, but you're fine. Uh, (laughs) It can wait. (laughs) I am bleeding, yeah. Give me a bandage. You guys got any kind of like antiseptic or whatever? I don't know. I'm I'm feeling a little bit out of it still. Spoth, you want to... Here, I got this first aid kit, Spoth. You want to patch them together? You've always been better at this medical stuff than me. Yeah, I can patch them up. Dr. Spoth. Dr. Spoth. Spoth. You're chanting down the hallway. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, I'm rolling to use this med pack. All right. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine. First aid performed with the the like the lower level tech level. There's a tech level two one that has a minus two, and the normal the tech level five, which is this one, has a, a minus one. Okay, so that should be an eight. Yeah, so that is an eight. So that would be a success there. So you're able to at least get him patched up. He's not going to be able to, like, he's not bleeding anymore. He will probably need, like, more comprehensive, like, not in a ship crash couch with a very basic Walmart first aid kit. Like, he will need a little bit more attention, but, like, he'll be fine for now. Okay. Okay, kind of checking myself out, making sure nothing else is super broken or damaged. I realize that one of my nostril air filter respirators has popped out during the crash well, i still have one of them in <laughs> oh shit do, do, do either of you guys see one that looks like this we, we need to find it uh that was in your nose yeah uh, yeah i think it came out okay uh no i don't see it <laughs> uh, with that i like very painfully kind of like more like roll over onto the ground uh, and just kind of like start, you know, looking around, trying to move debris around. Uh, and don't don't touch the exposed wires over there. Bad idea. And I'm looking for this. 
am I able to find my missing nostril respirator? Or is there some sort of check that I need to make? Uh, yeah, give me a either a recon or investigate. All right. For that, then, because I it looks like I'm not skilled in that. I don't have a zero next to it. So is it just a straight up roll? If you have recon, you could also use that. Other than that, then I'd probably just make it like an intellect check. But it'll be harder because you haven't been formally trained, I guess. So Okay, and I have zero in intellect as well. But the number I got is nine. On the dice, that's nine. Okay. You can't find it. You do find your tools uh, are kind of scattered around everywhere because the bag got burst open when it hit the, uh, when it hit the back of the wall uh, down the hall. Uh, you did find that, that, that little nostril thing. Like, it's just so tiny. Like, if any of you have wireless earbuds and you've ever lost one, it's just, especially in a ship this big, that's kind of basically what you're looking for. It's something that size. Ehole. Uh, Oh, well, okay. Well, it's gone. Um, you have not, you're not dead. So there seems to be some, at least somewhat of a stable atmosphere that we can breathe. Uh, that's good. I'm assuming we are on, on Freya, correct? Yeah. I haven't looked out the window, but I assume we are. Okay. Yeah. You haven't found a window. Um, one thing I will say, you do know that, uh, Freya, they'll usually like right after you exit jump, you know, part of the itinerary, you know, it's just, it's pretty standard practice to be like, let's read like the first couple of paragraphs of the Wikipedia article of this planet, you know, just kind of like basic information. Yeah. What do we know about Freya? So as far as atmosphere goes, uh, it does have a breathable atmosphere. It is thin. Um, it is five. If you're familiar with the universal world profile. So like if you're doing anything very strenuous physically, you know, you're basically like kind of getting up into the Himalayas sort of a thing. Like you can breathe, but don't be crazy. You should be okay there. Uh, has a starport of D, so yeah, again, just a little bit better than basically just like it's a glorified helipad more than anything. Size is six, so a little bit smaller than Earth. Uh, probably experiencing about seventy-two percent gravity. Sixty percent of this world is covered in ocean. The colony that's left, you know, it's definitely waned in the hundred years since the ring gate shut down. Um, they have a feudal technocracy, is what it was. Great band name. Is the government type serving the approximately 45,000 people that you think are still permanently there. Basically, just if you have technology that can help you survive, like you're in charge. Like they rely so much on uh, all the tech that kind of helps them farm, uh, that helps, you know, keep wild animals out here, uh, that if you have technology, if you have access, like are able to buy it off of merchant ships that come in, then you're kind of in charge. So that's basically Elon Musk is in charge is more or less what's going on here. Tech level six, so they cannot do very much at all. It's, I believe it's roughly equivalent to like mid-20th century technology levels. And again, tech level, it just means like that is what they're able to kind of create and maintain on their own. You could find stuff of higher tech levels, but all of that would be imported and they wouldn't really be able to do anything with it. So they have basic small industries that's just enough to like keep themselves supplied, but nothing super high tech. Have either of you two been in touch with uh, Captain LaRoche or the bridge? No, we <clears throat> we came out of our cabins heading that way, but then we found you and uh, been here since. There was that the what was his name? Petty, uh, the big head. You know, thinks he's better than everyone else. Call me Deborah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's up there looking for him right now, I guess. But haven't heard anything back. Well, look, VJ, the the Astrogator. That man owes me a serious chunk of change after the the card game the other night. So he better still be alive. Um, I suggest we start trying to make our way to the bridge. One, to make sure they're alive and everything's good. And two, 
so that I can collect on that debt before we leave. That's probably smart. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Uh, time to gather up my remaining belongings and we start making our way. All right. So do you three want to head off? Uh, you can stop by the ship's locker and pick up your weapons, or do you want to follow Lance over to the bridge? Question. How much light is there on board? Like, are, is it just like flashing red alert emergency lights? Are the lights still on? Is it dark? Yeah, so the, there is a less lighting than normal. Uh, there is emergency lights on along with the red flashing lights that's just going on. The klaxon has stopped. But yeah, there's emergency lights and red lights. No windows nearby, so you don't have any natural light coming in. Okay, so while we start walking then, while still kind of grumbling and you know trying to attend to my wounds and bruises and stuff, I ruffle around inside of my trusty leather tool bag, and I do pull out my light intensifier goggles. And these are both IR and light intensifier, but, and I put those on. So at least to help keep me from tripping on things and to see where everything is. Got it. Okay. That definitely helps. Essentially dark vision goggles. I have dark vision. I'm going to go to the weapons locker and get my stuff out of there. Okay. So you make your way down, uh, turn a corner kind of off this main corridor there where the, off to the uh, starboard side of the ship where the airlock is. Uh, the the door is still closed, so it didn't burst open, which is good. Uh, you don't know if this is going to be like one of those situations where like you open your cabinet and you realize this giant stack of bowls has been sitting up against there and everything's going to fall out. You don't know because uh, it is facing down, so things will fall out, but it's still closed. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess I'll just uh, I'll probably just force it open as I can. Yeah. So you don't. Try to open it a little bit. It is definitely tough. Like, there's some things that, like, you do get the sense that maybe the ship itself is, like, slightly warped at this point. So just, like, Mm. everything is just slightly off kilter here. Uh, But, yeah, so you do manage to open it. Uh, Yeah, swords and guns and things. uh, Random. I don't know if anyone has any grenades. But, yeah, just all kinds of random things kind of fall out. There are some weapons. There are a couple of uh, basic um, assault rifles and a and four rapiers that are just kind of standard issue. They're like clamped in because they're meant to live there permanently. They're still there. Okay. Uh, stuck in there. But yeah, everything else kind of just falls out. Yes, yeah, so you can have all of your weapons. Okay, yeah, I will find my weapons. It should just be like a carbine and a stunner that was in there and grab those. Do I see any like more like generic pistols type of a thing? Uh, let's see. There are, let's see, it's just a combat rifle, two combat rifles and four rapiers. Okay. I'll grab one of the combat rifles as well and, okay. uh, bring that back. Yeah. That's the standard issue that has the iron Eagle kind of etched into the side there. It's just, yeah, kind of very basic, like one of those mass produced type things, but yeah. Gotcha. And the rest of you get your weapons too, right? Yes. Spoth, did you actually, would I have known, did you have any weapons on board? I had no weapons on board. I came here without a gun. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, basically my thought is I'm grabbing this for you type of a deal. Awesome. You go, uh, you going after Lance Petty then? Yeah, we'll go after Lance Petty. Okay, so luckily the bridge is pretty close by. You just kind of go around a little bit of a corner there. You do see Lance, he's trying to uh, probably force open the like big iris door that leads into the bridge. Uh, it's not opening super easily for some reason. Yeah, I would be like banging on the door like, Hey, open up! Is there anyone around me, like, like, is the stewardess, like, anyone I can talk to? Uh, so the stewardess, you haven't seen her. You did see that other couple kind of walk by. They're kind of just wandering around trying to figure out what to do. I don't care about them. <laughs> anyone important on the ship. Yeah, no one else. It's just, yeah, just these other three. Yeah, you you haven't seen any of the crew yet. I, I, I'll just keep on, like, 
banging, seeing if there's a way I can pry the door open or just like a keypad or something to get into that door. Uh, the keypad doesn't work. Uh, I think things have been smashed up pretty good. Uh, you do know sometimes like for these bigger doors, they'll have kind of a like a manual release that you can kind of go through and hand crank, uh, disconnect it from the pneumatic system and then hand crank it. So you could try that. Okay. How close are the guys behind me? Are they like right there? Okay, they're coming up on you now. Yeah, you can you can see them. They're they're approaching. Ah, uh, um, Louis, is it Louis? Delorol, but it's okay. Are you trying to get this door open? I know you, Delorean. Uh, you look a little worse for wear, Louis. Louis, right there, Louis. Uh, Lloyd, Lloyd, my man. Hey, uh, come give me a hand with this crank thing over here. Do you have a second? I suppose. What's the problem? Is the door stuck? The door seems to be stuck, and I really need to go and talk to the captain right now. While they're working on cranking the door, I'm going to try using my Neuralink to contact the bridge. Okay, contact the bridge. All right. Uh, why don't both of you then, Lloyd and Lance, why, why don't you make uh, a strength check? Uh, if you have athletic strength, you can add that. Oh, no, I'm not actually opening the door. I'm having Lloyd do it for me. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like, oh, look, I have found this lever for you to crank for me. Okay, okay, then Lloyd. Yes, exactly. Is it a, is it a two-man crank? Because I guess I'll help if I have to. It's not. It, it's it's one man. It was designed for one single person. All right. So I'm obviously, I'm going to use my combat arm for this, which gives me 15 strength. That's plus three, right? Yeah, that's plus three. Okay, sweet. Uh, that will be a nine. A nine total. Okay. So you start winching away at this. It is definitely tough. There is some resistance. Santiago, you try calling the bridge. There is no response. Like it's totally offline, which is odd. Like you can't contact it at all. You try calling the captain. There's a signal there, but it like kind of went to voicemail. Do you try contacting any of the other crew? Well, yeah, I obviously try contacting VJ. The man owes me money. All right, VJ, the astrogator. This one is, he's offline. Like this is, you're not getting any signal from him. Damn it. You're not getting off the hook this easily, VJ. I keep trying, but to no avail. All right. You try anyone else or just try the same people? I try them again, um, but eventually once I realize it's not working, you know, I still feel like crap for my injuries. Yeah, so it's it's not working. You kind of realize at the moment that like, yeah, nobody's picking up. What's going on? Right as Lloyd is able to force the door open. And instead of the bridge, you open up to jungle. The bridge has been ripped off. Oh, crap. Hold it. <laughs> and you are now exposed. Yeah, there's kind of a rush of air as a little bit of the air uh, leaves and some of the thin humidity wafts back into the main ship cabin as you realize yeah the bridge is gone and with that we will wrap up this episode <laughs> our very first episode of traveler's log ah i hate when this happens no. <laughs> <laughs> hey can we get a soundboard that officially has that sound on it every time just for a, a cliffhanger <laughs> i hate when that That'd happens great, yeah. yeah all right but yeah anyway thank you very much for listening uh, i for one have had a lot of fun doing this and we hope to be able to keep doing this for quite a while uh yeah check back in next week when we'll air our next episode and in the meantime travelers stay safe and godspeed this has been an episode of the Traveler's Log Podcast. We've been playing Mongoose Traveler 2nd Edition. The theme music is called Beyond the Glittering Depths and was composed by me. All other music and sound effects come from Monument Studios. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.
Brace for impact. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue explosion crashing sound. (laughs) (laughs) This is all, this will happen in post. I have, I'll have so much cool (laughs) stuff going on. Yeah.